the serious stuff with Cheltenham and Better because today we're going to actually go over the whole of day one, Tuesday of the festival. We've got loads of stuff to get through, seven races. So um, it's going to be a pretty busy pod. Jerry, welcome back from your holiday. I hear you. We thought you maybe were on the mountains, but you weren't. You were somewhere sunnier. Yeah, yeah, a few days away in uh, Marrakesh in Morocco. So yeah, it was a nice kind oh, of wow. midwinter break. Ooh. Nice. And yeah. Daryl, you you've managed to make it back alive from the Dublin Racing Festival. It's good to see. Yeah, I don't know if they'll have me back next year, but uh, <laughs> I think everyone in Ireland had a good time Saturday. So yeah, it was, it was great racing. Good. And Dan, welcome back. Thanks for joining us once again. I don't know if you've been on any interesting travels, should we know about? Yeah, the, the DRF gets all the attention, but I, I'm a big fan of the ERF, the Edinburgh Racing Festival. That's where I was on Saturday and Sunday. Up at Mosselburgh, good fun to nice. be had by all, including amazing tale of somebody being brought back to life. No, I'm not exaggerating. Somebody was okay. saved there. What an amazing story. Blimey, wow. I mean, it's all been going on over the weekend, hasn't it? Um, I unfortunately haven't been anywhere too exotic. I went to Lark Hill on Sunday and watched my sister ride point to point end, So not quite as crazy as what you, you guys have been up to. But hey, um, it was still good fun nonetheless. Uh, we're not going to really get stuck into the Dublin Racing Festival as a whole. Normally, obviously, we look at a review because we have so many races to get um, looking at for the Tuesday. And obviously, loads of those horses that ran will be mentioned. So I think it's a good time to get straight into business and start with the Skybet Supreme Novices, which I suppose after the weekend is maybe going to have a, people are going to have a different view of this race. Um, Daryl, I'm going to start with you, seeing as you were over there. Fasil Vega, he got beaten, but he still remains with Betfair on the sportsbook, three to one favourite. I mean, what's the thoughts on that? Yeah. Um... Look, he, he, look, there's been lots of comments on this, but uh, the, the fact of the matter is he did go too hard for the first first part of the race. Now, that's not the, the whole contributing factor for his tame finish. It can't be. Um, I've seen a lot of silly comparisons with the, with the Irish champion hurdle. That's that's not the way to do things. You know, you need to take a broader view of the all of the races across the weekend. And uh, although he did go quite quickly early on in the battle with high definition, it it couldn't have been it couldn't have been the sole factor of his tame finish. Um, I think while everybody's talking about Fasol Vega, I think really we should be talking about sort of Ilite Tomps. Um, mm -hmm. I do think that the I do think that Fasol Vega should remain at the head of the market. He's probably the price that we've been speaking about for weeks and weeks and weeks that he probably should have been before that race. To be fair, uh, on what he had achieved, but I, I, I think the winner is. I mean, the, the guys are going to comment on the winner in a moment. I, I, I suspect, but. Uh, I think a lot of attention has been taken away from the winner when I actually think the winner's performance was was quite remarkable, really. I think it's the best mm. we've seen in this field at this stage. He's he's clearly improved, having turned the form around with Fasal Vega previously. Um, obviously, the races were run differently and, and, and things like that you have to consider. But, um, Jerry, were you taken by the winner's performance? Do you think he is, you know, worthy of shorting up in, in the market and do you think he should be the one that's favorite coming into the race yeah i suppose like i i, I kind of echo everything everything daryl says i do agree that fasal vega might have went a bit hard early but it was too bad to be true he stopped so quickly 
But I suppose you probably just look on it. Obviously, Willie came out the day beforehand and kind of criticised Paul a small bit for being a bit harsh on Lossiemouth when the race was gone. So has Paul really just eased, kind of had that in the back of his head on the Sunday, knowing that the race was gone to ease up and really just, you know, like to me, if if he'd gone hard early and, you know, and he was going to pay the price, fair enough if he got headed going to the last and he finished Mm -hmm. a third, third, not beaten too far, but he stopped like there was Mm -hmm. an issue. You know, it was, I thought it was too bad to be true. Hopefully he gets back in time for Cheltenham. Um, but like you said, I'm a massive fan of the horse, but I was just, I was, I was a bit kind of, I was watching. You kind of knew your faith kind of even jumping the cross hurdle. Paul, you could tell he was holding, he wasn't holding on to much mm. when the horses came to challenge him. The horse wasn't trying to extend and quicken and out of Paul's hands. He just, I don't know, it was too bad to be true. And it'd be just interesting if anything comes to light or anything like that. Um, I think everyone listened to Willie's comments afterwards and that they went too quick and, you know, that's his opinion and probably the clocks agreed, but oh, he stopped. He stopped too quickly. Yeah, he just, stopped too quick. It was it was too bad to be true. It'd be just interesting. But back back to the winner, he's, you know, he's probably one of those horses. He's, he's, he hasn't got the credit he deserves, Um, but he, he has been running up to solid grade one company and he's entitled to get his head in front. I just yeah. do think he's probably not the most straightforward horse. So I think he'd need for everything to go in his favour on the day at Cheltenham. He wouldn't be a horse I'd be backing at that sort of price. But um, no, I just think Vassal Vega, I think it was too bad to be true. Bar- Barry Connell, I think, is going to be um, pretty happy with having Marine Nationale staying in the stable, avoiding any drama or, uh, you know, getting muddled up in a, in a difficult race, going straight to the Supreme. be interesting to see how that works with him. But I, I know he's pretty confident and um, he's certainly a big fan of his horse. Uh, Dan, a horse that you were quite interested in at a bigger price, 25 to 1, was Strong Leader, who is uh, with the Ollie Murphy stable, hasn't been running at the highest level, but you've clearly been impressed with what he's done so far. Yeah, massively. And I sought clarification from Ollie because Ollie's got two horses in the market, hasn't he? And both are excited and both are unbeaten over hurdles, him and Chasing Fire. Um, I wanted to steer really on whether they were going to go there or Aintree because I had it in my head that he might wait. But I think for everybody now, once you've seen a 10 to 11 chance blow out like that in a prep race, I don't think we're going to get one of those small fields like we've had in the last couple of years when there are potential standouts. I suspect a few will be happy to have a crack. I put up authorised speed for this race earlier in the series, but... I'm not sure what's happened to him since Sandown, and he's not got a Betfair hurdle entry. So I wanted something else at a price, and it's, this is just a horse who, ever since I saw him in the Warwick paddock, thought he used quality, and he sprinted away with that bumper. The thing that stuck in my mind and made me put him up as a horse fall at the start of the season was the fact that Heskin just couldn't pull him up. He was still, he was still full of it on the far side of the track at Warwick, and... He's been faultless over hurdles. His bumper form at Cheltenham read well when he wasn't seen to best advantage coming from further back behind that Encanto Bruno is in the market for the bumper. And he's been pretty faultless so far. I think quickish ground, two miles, absolutely perfect. He's got a turn of pace. And I completely echo what the lads have said, that it's one thing going too hard, but you still expect when challenged a horse that's gone too hard to rally for a while before it takes its toll he just, Facile just went from travelling okay to capitulating. And mm-hmm. um, then I think there's possibly even a doubt about his participation now. So I don't think it's a bad race to get involved in at biggest prices as we speak. Yeah, that's really interesting um, that you wouldn't be surprised if Facile Vega doesn't turn up. But Willie has such a huge hand. If the horse isn't bright, then he's not going to be short of options for the race anyway. Um, interestingly, Jerry, you also liked a horse from the Ollie Murphy stable who's 
a relatively big price, 14 to 1 at the moment, chasing fire, who is quite literally faultless up till now. Yeah, definitely. I think this horse is very interesting. Um, after seeing him win at Sandown on Saturday, you know, he was very impressive again by six lengths. He's just one of those horses. I don't think he'll ever win by too far. He just does what he needs to. Um, he coped with that ground well at Sandown the day. I was just kind of wondering after the race whether Ollie would be, he kind of said he was going to go to Cheltenham, but whether he'd make him a supreme horse or go two and a half for the Ballymore. And yeah. it was just interesting. I think since then he's come out and said he's going to go for the supreme. Um, I do think the faster they go, it'll suit him. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's going to win the Supreme, but I think at 14, 16 to 1, like like Dan said there, when the kind of the hot pot has been turned over in a prep race, I do agree that there is probably, you know, something to be said for looking for a bit of value outside the top two or three in the market. And I'd be definitely backing this lad each way. I mean, um, it reminds me a bit of a Plutarch. Like, how do you I think Fasal Vega is basically impossible to price up now? Hmm. I don't know what price he should be. If he's got a physical issue, he might as well be 20s. I mean <laughs> Yeah. So it does make the race appealing. Suppose it will be a, a few more days if there is, you know, a physical problem. They'll be getting it examined and everything before we knew um, anything about that. So I guess until, if that was the case, anything was sort of announced, then you have to have to put put faith in Willie to to get him back to his best. Um, so I suppose that's why the market hasn't changed an awful lot. Uh, interesting. It's still massively open. At, the very end, when we have a look at our picks, we're going to have a stick or twist option because I've got a feeling a couple of us, you might have forgotten some of your original choices, but I haven't because I've got them written down. So we're going to be going over just to see if everyone's sticking or if they're Once twisting a new option. <laughs> so I'll remind you at the end. Um, okay, that is the supreme um, sort of, Fairly well talked about. I don't know if any of you wanted to chuck in um, another big prize worth talking about, or if, if you're all happy, we've sort of spoken about the main contenders that you, that you, all, you all sort of fancy. Yeah, I'm happy. All happy? Perfect. Well, that is good news. Um, no one complaining for the race one, which is a great start, which means we should start race two. Hopefully it goes just smoothly and we're going to find all the winners. Um, so... Moving on to our next race is the Sporting Life Arkle. And again, we had a bit of change or, I'm not sure, surprise is the right word. Um, but El Fabiolo certainly stamped his authority despite making a pretty bad mistake at a crucial point in the race. Daryl, we'll start with you again, seeing as you were there. Um, you have liked this horse previously. Did he <clears throat> impress you? Do you feel stronger about his chances or are you worried about that jumping uh, you know, error that he did make. Oh, I think he's an absolute certainty, Meg. I oh, think he's an a Jerry, honestly. Jerry, he, he Jerry, just Jerry. he's just trying to raise me now, but I just <laughs> 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 my head. <laughs> oh, the way oh Jerry, the way he came past me up the running, mate, and pulled himself ten lengths clear of uh or staying on Banbridge, who, who was not who was not finishing slowly. Um who's a three minor I thought it was a monster, monster effort. I really did. Like like he he jumped pretty well for the most part. Um, there was a couple of times, like at the fifth, Daryl uh, asked him to come up, and he almost said nope. And uh, he, he put in a short, uh, put in an extra stride, and then and then he went on to the fourth, and he asked him again, and he went no. Nope, and that's when he made his mistake. After that, I thought Daryl was brilliant on him because he just let him do his own thing, and he just popped away. The second last, he, he his jumping actually took him past Dysart Dynamo, who set a, a, a blistering. 
blistering pace. Mm. El Fabiolo was pretty much on the sharp end of that throughout the entire contest. He was pretty free through the race. I think this engine on this horse is huge. He's so unexposed. The uh, the hood, he obviously wore the hood last year, and, I, and I'll mention that later on about when we talk about Willie's other runners, but he, 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 t- he wore the hood last year when he ran against John Bond. Um, I, I just think this horse is made for fences. He, he's improving. He's, the, the thing I love about Novice Chases, Meg, right, is that you can never replace the engine that's it that's in there, right? But you can always, there's always improvement in the jumping department. And this horse has proven his engine to be one of the best, um, especially, particularly in Ireland. And that jumping can be improved. He's only had a couple of starts. He, this was, I mean, to, each, for the best Carol, part of this race. Can I question you on his jumping quickly? Just, yeah, just, go. Just, just to have a, a you know, bit of a discussion on, on the situation. So, for example, El Fabiolo, he's gone leopard sound. Yeah. I like the horse, by the way. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying at all. But he's gone to leopard sound, which is a nice galloping track a couple of tricky fences, but nothing in comparison to, let's say, Sandown, where we know there's a lot of jumping tests around there. Now, John Bond has been foot perfect. Going to Cheltenham, would you trust his jumping more on what I, he's I, done so far? Probably, yes, compared to El Fabiola, who's found Leopard sound tricky enough, who then goes to Cheltenham, which is going to be even more trappy. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. But the, the, the counter to that, I would say, is when... El Fabiolo has made a mistake in a truly, really, truly run race. He still had the engine to go and pick pick up some good, very good horses and win going away by 10 lengths. Mm-hmm. I would just question what would happen if John Bond made a mistake. We don't know how he would react to that. How big is that engine underneath to be able to, to come back from a mistake and, and really get down and dirty and fight? And uh, I don't have that question about El Fabiolo whatsoever. Run him where you like, he'll win. Jerry, and I suppose will just, John Bon even make a mistake? Well, well, it just kind of back to Darren's point there. Like to be fair, the first time I suppose we we saw and we needed John Bon to fight was at Aintree last year, when when El Fabiola served it up to him up the home straight. Like bear in mind how hard a race we I know we've touched on it before how hard a race he had at Cheltenham. Like to be fair to John Bon, if you were going to question his attitude, that was the day he could have just said, you know what, this isn't for me, or whatever. But he stuck his head out and he won. And I just that's and he even I know that was the main thing to take from that race that day, the entry last year was just the fight he showed. And especially I can see your point of view. You can kind of say, you know, he's that sort of a buzzy character. Will he really want it? But I thought that day he really showed he did. And I think that's kind of the counter to your point there. It wasn't so much. Sorry, Joe. It wasn't so much the attitude of John Bon. I'd question it's that if he banks a fence. You know, I've, we've not seen him make a mistake and then react from that mistake. And and just and just the other thing is that El Fabiano did wear a hood at entry. It was his second start stepping up from a Tremor maiden into a grade one. Do you not think there's more improvement to come from El Fabiano than there is John Bond? I, I can I can see your point of view, but does he need to, does there need to be more improvement from John Bond? If you know what I mean, he sets the standard at the moment. Um, well, for me, he does. Obviously, big six rivals, yeah. What's that? He's only beat six rivals that have all been beat since. <laughs> yeah, but still, I know what you mean. Like, he's just, he's just, like, he's, he's a very special horse. Um, You know, I, I just think, like you said, he, he, the plan is to go off to Warwick on Saturday. Uh, hopefully the ground will be nice and safe from there. And it's a nice prep run again, because he's literally bouncing. He's ready to run again, and he needs to run. Uh, before I kind of touch and maybe go straight to Cheltenham, but he's just at that stage now. He needs to run. He's fresh as well. Um, but back to jumping again, like El Fabiolo, fair enough. 
you can make an obviously mistake. But like he like was a four out at Leprechaun today. Yeah. He banked it. And like mm. he, like if that like I agree with Megan says if that's an uphill, say if he does that three out of Chatham coming down the hill, it's game no over. No chance. You know, mm-hmm. the landing gear will knock it out quick enough. And don't like I know we can't decide whether a horse makes a mistake or not, but he just he's a horse, like you said, he's still very unexposed. We're still learning about him. So his jumping is entitled to improve. But if he makes that one mistake, I think he'll get found out more than John Bond if he makes a mistake. But here it's all it's all up in the what air. What a race to look forward to. Like. Exactly. It's incredible, isn't it? And I just mm-hmm. and just touch quickly on Dice on um appreciated. I've said from day one, I'd love to see this horse over further. Yeah. I do hope he goes two and a half. Yeah, I really hope he does as well because he he's he looks a two and a half miler all over. If not, I think we'll see him over further in time as well. Um, Dan, have you got a horse uh, in the article quickly that, that you wanted to sort of talk about, or do you think it is between the top two? Yeah, I think it is between the top two. I mean, the, the one they've made clear third favourite is Dysart Dynamo, but he's a horse I want to be against him pretty much every time he runs. To be honest, just because there's no control in him, is there? Everything's mm-hmm. all on one breath, tear off. He served a perfect purpose, really, in setting it up for El Fabio to run to a really big figure. And the only the only way I'd approach it now is in the immediate aftermath, they went joint favourites. And I thought, well, the, on, the one who's going to be overbet in the immediate aftermath is obviously El Fabiolo because he's just done it. And they've, the market settled on the exchange now. It's sort of six to four, John Bon, two to one, El Fabiolo. The only thing I would say is that for me, John Bon cuts the figure of the archetypal top class two miler, whereas... El Fabiolo is a very strong stayer at the trip. And I thought, yeah, you, you do have Altios that have appeared, but the likes of Sprinter Sacra, the, the really top notches, say under so prior to that, for me, were always flashy horses. And I think the more natural two mile of the pair is likely to prove John Bon. And I think that with his jumping having been impeccable so far, I think that's what you want in Arkle horses. It's it's that ability to be agile and fluent and he's he's not made a mistake or look like making one so far. Dan, do you think we're chucking Dysart Dynamo in here as a bit of a uh I don't want to say pacemaker because he's better than yeah, that. Yeah, he's but the pacemaker. Do you think but, but he yeah. is a he's a pacemaker really because they've got no option, have they? If you tried to hold on to him, he just it just blow his own brains out. So mm. I don't think they I don't think for a second John Bon is a has to be a front runner. I think he's it's been because the race of set up that way you go and outclass them i think the same was true similar in the supreme last season that that puzzled me when they went that hard i think he wants riding with slightly more patience than that and it might actually suit him as well i mean he'd be last horse off the bridle wouldn't he i think in an article one one thing that i say we're all pretty sure on is it looks like it's going to be a small field um and we've we've seen that in in the article in recent years that there's, there's been only a handful of runners and I think that will be the case once again. Um, but nonetheless, very competitive and uh, very interesting. John Bon, obviously, if he comes out on the weekend and wins again, no doubt there'll be more talk and more support for him as well. So, yeah, really interesting race. Um, and again, we'll find out if people are twisting or if they're sticking um, a little bit later on. I think I, I feel like people are staying loyal to their picks in that, in that race. Um, so... Our next race, the third of those that we're looking at, is the Ultima. This is actually the first handicap we've discussed in our broadcast so far, um, which is really exciting. We're getting closer if we can start talking about the handicap, that is for sure. Um, Dan, I'm going to start with you on this race. 20 to 1, happy-go-lucky. He's a horse that you was, was, were, 
quite keen um, to chat about. That was really good English from my my no, wasn't it? Um, it? It was a horse that you were really keen to, to talk about. Um, 20 to 1 at the moment. How come he sort of springs out at you? Um, I don't know. I just had a quick... It's obviously very difficult, even at this stage. We're not that far away to be dogmatic about handicaps without entries and stuff. But mm. if this horse is going to run at Cheltenham, sure, this is the race of running. He was second in it as a novice in 2021, that era year when there was me and about 20 people watching it happen mm. when everything was closed. Um, and he ran into a revitalised vintage clouds that day, if you recall. They finally stuck headgear on vintage and he came good under a positive ride and happy go lucky finished second to him then went to to Aintree and won really decisively off a mark of 149 because he missed a long time prior to the rehearsal chase and his return handicapper showed him a bit of leniency he dropped he he, he wrote he was only two pounds higher I think in the initial aftermath of Aintree he was about seven or eight higher so I think his mark's good and for me that run at Cheltenham on New Year's Day is just a complete throwout. There's no way the horse wants two and a half miles. Mm. Um, they've had two, they'll have two and a half months to freshen him back up. He obviously is very effective fresh. Newcastle was off a layoff and he stood out to me, particularly if you get number and no better at some point as a horse that if he goes to the festival, he's going for one race and one race only. And he's already been second in that race and he's 20 to one. Daryl, you, you're nodding. Yeah, I like him too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like him too. I, I thought his run at Cheltenham, I thought he was it was a bit of a bounce factor as well after that excellent yeah. run in the rehearsal chase. Um, I think inter like inter overdrive is the market leader in it around nine to one. I think he'll yeah. be something like eight or nine pounds better off with him uh, for that. And obviously returning to Cheltenham, I, I think suits him. Um, I think he's got a cracking chance at around twenty to one. But there's a there's a lot of um horses in here at the moment that just worth keeping on the radar, horses like Thunder Rock. Uh, Korak Ramber in particular. Uh, if you go back to that lab, uh, the Coral Trophy at Newbury, my God, go go, just go back and watch him run. Mm. It, it was a hell of a, an effort from him. He's off a mark of one four six. Now the issue with him is they they've already said they don't want his mark to go up and they don't want it to go down because of the Grand National. Um, but I think the plan is to go here. So he, he'd have to be a huge player on that effort last year. He needs everything to go perfectly for him, though, right? Yeah, he does. He does. I do think he's better than a handicapper, though. Um, but you are right, given his riding style, the way he comes from the rear in a big field handicap, you know, it only takes sort of a, a faller in front of him or an unseat in front of him or something to go wrong. But mm. he's enough. He, he, he's a talented horse. That was insane last year, wasn't it? He came yeah. up running like it was a Nunthorpe or something. He looked like <laughs> I think he. I think he was about twelfth or fourteenth on the home turn, and ended up winning by clear daylight. Yeah, I was on oh. bloody Jericho Rock that day as well. I think I backed Oscar Elite who bled again. <laughs> not as much, not as badly as I bled in the aftermath. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jerry, the Ultimate is obviously a, a race that the McNeil family sponsor. They've got in the market three hundred through five, ten to one. Thunder Rock with Daryl briefly mentioned there, fourteen to one. Either of those, do you think, will be sort of aimed for it, ideal for the race? It's a race, obviously. The sponsor always wants to win their own race. Yeah, massively, Megan. I'm, I'm presuming, you're, like you're kind of like three hundred through five for me is the horse. I think is very interesting here. I'm presuming this is the race he'll be aimed at. Um, for me, like obviously he was very, he was fancied for the the Ladbrook or the Hennessy, whatever I think it's been renamed the Car, whatever it's called now. Yeah, Car Gold Cup. <laughs> yeah, so he was fancied that day. He unseated early, obviously, so he didn't get a run for your money. And for me, at Warwick the last day, he didn't stay that trip on mm-hmm. heavy ground, and he made yeah. a bad mistake. Three out, he hit that very hard. Um, I think this is a very interesting horse. One fifty, 
I'd prefer if he's probably running off 147, 146. You know, I think I don't think he's very well handicapped, but I just think he ticks a lot of the boxes. And it's one of those races, this this race kind of to ride in. Like you jump the first, like it's one of those, you always get two or three fall starts in this race. And especially if you've got a few old handicappers in here who kind of need, like you said earlier, need things to go right. Um, you can get a false start. You can be way further back than where you want to be. And you go quick over the first two fences and then you're straight into the left-hand bend and there can be so much shuffling back and messing going on there. So it is one of those races you need an awful lot of luck in. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you do have a quirky horse and you have to go a bit wide, you can give away an awful lot of ground and stuff like that. So you do need a lot of luck in running. And I just think 300 true five, I still think he's very unexposed over this sort of trip. And I think he's a horse that... Um, that is going to take, well, I, I think definitely in the shake-up, in the Ultima. I don't know whether they will, but I would love to see them claim off this horse. Like you say, mm. with the weight he's going to have, a couple of pounds off his back surely wouldn't be any harm. Now, I don't know. I don't think they will, because obviously they have Adrian Heskin. Um, the owners obviously retain Adrian as their jockey. Yeah. But I genuinely think to enhance that horse's chances, and I agree with the trip, a few pounds off his back would be no harm whatsoever, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. And you um, know, just, just quickly touching on Happy Go Lucky, I know like the lads touched on there. I remember when David Bass got beat on that horse at Cheltenham was it two years ago? He came back mm-hmm. in and he just could not believe he got beaten by Vintage Clouds, who at the time was mm-hmm. about ten or eleven, maybe. They'd run it yeah. five times, I think, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like Happy Go Lucky had been laid out for that race, and I'll never forget like David Bass's face that day. He was just in total disbelief. He just could not <laughs> he got beaten. Like he that like he had actually good few right or good few chances at that festival, and that was his best chance of winner according to him in a handicap even though he'd, at the time he was riding Ben Pauling or you know Kim Kim Bailey had a few kind of in the novices but that was his best chance of winning. I just couldn't understand how he got beat so I wouldn't be surprised if they are probably laying him out for the race again mm. this year yeah good. interesting um, again we'll know a bit more in a week or two's time a couple of these may well have a run a couple of them will be going straight there into overdrive the favourite 9 to 1 has improved an awful lot this year but has therefore gone up in the weights an awful lot um, and I wonder at some point will a big race like this just catch him out uh, but interesting thoughts on there anyone want to throw in one more horse or any bigger prices or anything kind of happy Lord Accord Darrow I didn't know if you wanted to touch yeah, on yeah I'll, I'll give him a little mention I think they've been doing a bit of mark protecting he ran in the cleave hurdle I mean there's, there's a good stat floating around something like four of the last 11 winners of this race have, have won having run in the cleave hurdle on their previous start or something um but this horse obviously won at this this venue earlier in the year was excellent second to, to throw it on in the badger beers at wincount and i think this has been the target um he's off a mark of 137 now last year he got in off 138 um obviously it depends on the top weight coming in here and putting horses out of the handicap etc but he might just squeeze him right at the bottom of the weights um so he'd be he'd be of interest Okay, keep an eye on how he if he if he gets in or not towards the bottom. Um, okay, well that's our first handicap out of the way. They're always very tricky to work out, and like Jerry said, you need a lot of luck and running for that race. So um, it might be the style of the horse that is, or how they're ridden, which takes appeal to to people or not. Um, our main race of the day next, our fourth race, the Champion Hurdle. Uh, still short price favourite, Constitution Hill. Uh, second favourite, Stateman, three to one, having won on the weekend. A shock for some people, disappointment for others who, who loved Honeysuckle. 
Um, she is very unlikely to take her chance in the champion hurdle. It sounds like they are definitely going for the mares. Um, so, Daryl. Yeah. Constitution Hill, odds on still. State man, you were in Ireland. What do you think? Do you know what? He didn't impress me. As, I, I love State man. I put him up last year for the handicap win. I love Vauban as well. Um I, I like I like the pair of them. Like choosing between your kids, if you got bet bet one of them against the other, but he didn't impress me. In all honesty, I didn't feel like there were some horses that came past me. I'm stood right after the final hurdle between there and the finish line, and some horses came past me, and I thought, my God, they've come home quick. I didn't think that about him at all, and the fact that he was only a couple of seconds slower than uh, or a couple of seconds quicker than um, Ilete Tomps, having really done a pretty slow circuit for the grade i wasn't overly impressed i thought he dictated the race i thought he was given a solo out in front i actually thought after the race that honeysuckle might get a bit closer to him if, if they went to Cheltenham for the champion hurdle so it's very disappointing really that two times yeah. in, in the mares i mean go out on your sword like not everyone can get a medal can they but um I, yeah I, I don't i didn't see from that race any threat to constitution hill if he runs to, uh, the, the, the how we know he can run to i mean you could you could argue that constitution here was only beaten epiton and i don't really i mean jerry tell us but i don't think that epiton's been fully ridden out the last twice behind him but saying all that i think the performances that constitution hill have has put in is is miles ahead of what state man has achieved i think it's fair to say that constitution hasn't been ridden out when beating epiton either, exactly so. that yeah exactly um, I mean, it's it's crazy. You've got an, an odds-on favourite for Constitution Hill, three to one State Man, ten to one Vauban, Vauban, thirty-three to one bar bar those three. I mean, that is crazy for a champion hill. Jerry, you must be and the team at Nicky's absolutely delighted. Yeah, and I just I just one question for Daryl. Like, you know, obviously you were there. Did you did you see Statement in the parade ring before the race or not? No, I didn't go and see him before the race. No. Like the one thing I'm the one the one like obviously I'm a massive Constitution Hill fan and everything like that, but the one thing I'm just I just thought looking at statement today, to me he still looks burly. He still yeah, looks he, big. I was and stood I at think, the I was stood at the rail watching them them trot down past us and I thought exactly the same. I thought he looked like he looked a bit like a bull. Yeah. You know, you know I, what I mean? And I just think like Willie, obviously, like he won, obviously he won like the previous grade one with statement and he probably thought, you know, what, nothing's going to beat me at home the next day I run. So do I do need to do a whole pile with him in the meantime? He I like I don't think I know it sounds crazy, but I don't think statement was 100 percent fit or ready for that race today. Like I do think they're going to take another when you when you when you target training with these good horses, you know, you work back from the day. And I think he's probably been working back from Cheltenham as opposed to working back from Dublin Racing Festival. Like I still think this horse could improve again. And maybe not like like people saying they were probably being, he wasn't as visually impressive as he wants them to be, but I still think there is a bit more to come from him. Um, maybe I'm reading into it too much. I don't know, but I just thought when I was looking at the horse today on TV and I know it's on screen, but I just thought he looked a bit burly, a bit big, and I thought he could look a bit tighter and a bit more ready. And especially is doing would it be, that. Would it be fair to say that Willie's horses tend to run up lighter than than bigger as, as a rule? Yeah, I suppose it wouldn't like maybe it's just the physique he is like all horses are different. Some of them he probably doesn't look the tallest horse in the world, and he's probably broad. Whereas some other horses there, like there was a picture of Monkfish on Insta on Twitter during the week, and like mm. he looks tall and narrow. He's about seventeen two, and he's real narrow. He's like a razor blade. All horses, they're all different shapes and sizes, and maybe he's that sort of horse who just carries that bit more condition. But to me, like when you look at him cross the line, there was a picture of him, and like 
when when the horses when um, Staten's legs are like extended, he still looks. You can't really see many of his ribs and stuff like that. So I do think he could improve fitness wise. Um, do I think he'll beat Constitution? No, I don't. But I just thought it was just a bit of an angle with Staten. Just I suppose they're trying to make it a bit more competitive, aren't we? I don't know. Um, but that was kind of my thought on him anyway. Um, uh, Dan, have you got any sort of thoughts on this race? Are you you fully with Constitution Hill? Yeah, like unquestionably. I mean, a couple of observations. Jerry, what what would Constitution Hill do to First Street, for instance? At uh, Nicky's. I'm a I'm guessing it wouldn't be very close, would it? Um, well, bearing in mind they're two very good workhorses, they do work a lot together. And yeah, First Street gives them a nice lead. But yeah. Prefer Langosa. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> I'm not saying State Man hasn't improved. He obviously has, but um he wasn't that far behind State Man when he was second in the county team last season when State Man was off a mark in the 140s. And the other horse I think wants referencing in relation to the race at the weekend is Zana here, who barely raised a gallop over the longer trip the time before and was beaten only eight lengths. So all the talk was a funny circle, can Vauban reverse with State Man. What about the fact that Zana here was within shouting distance? I know it was and a slow Piper. race. Yeah, and Pied Piper. I was a lot less so. I mean, Zana here's looked like he's half gone to me. And Constitutional hasn't had a runner-up get me to within 12 lengths of him. I mean, I just think it is going to be so one-sided. I just think Constitution Hill will... I mean, he's on a different plane to me. Stateman would be a very sound, average, you know, bog-standard champion hurdle winner, maybe slightly better than that. With Constitution Hill, we're dealing with a hurdling equivalent of a sprinter sacra. I just think the gap is vast from him to the rest. Yeah, he's, he's an absolute freak, isn't he? Um, it seems that way anyway, that he's freakish talent. Um, look, let's hope they all get there in one piece. Again, it's going to be a small field. Um, fair play to those connections who think we're going to go and try and ride to finish sort of second or third and, and try and pick up a bit of decent prize money because most people have been scared off from Constitution Hill. Um, but those that can and do run make up a, a few numbers. Um, certainly people will be appreciating that because we don't want a three-runner race because that's very boring. Uh, but you could see it happening, unfortunately, because a few of these have also got other options that uh, that remain in there at the moment. Um, right, race five, the Close Brothers Mare's Hurdle. And we've already touched on Quickly there, Honeysuckle, who I think we all would probably agree that we'd like to, to see her bow out in the champion hurdle, even if she went and finished third and ran an absolute cracker. But it sounds very much as if that's not happening and if she is going to go for the mares. So she's currently 94 favourite. Um, my question mark here would be, is this really her trip? Is this really the best race for her? I'm not too sure. Um, we'll start with Jerry. What would your thoughts be on that? Um, I suppose honeysuckle. I suppose everyone's had their opinion, and the owners have decided. Well, I suppose they kind of had mixed opinions as well because it's not that long ago they said it's either champion hurdle or retirement, and now that statement seems to have been kind of mm. uh, burnt and uh, hidden away somewhere in the archives. But now they've come out and said that she's running in the mayor's race. I do agree. I don't think we want to see the best for over two and a half. I think she's all about kind of not being forced over two miles, but a proper end-to-end gallop over two miles, stiff track, Cheltenham, she loves it. I, I agree, I'd love to see her on the champion. And 
you just never know. She's she actually on the track. She could she could finish the statement. She probably wouldn't finish in front of him, but and finish second or third. But it it wouldn't nobody nobody be disappointed. Nobody it would be no disgrace, and it'd be a great way to go out. But they've obviously kind of decided now she's going to go for the mayor's race. They think it's an easier option. Um, they're obviously confident she'll get the trip around Chatham and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's a tricky one. I think. I think there's a few other mayors in there now that have been kind of laid out for this race and it's been their target for the last kind of 18 months or whatever. So I do think there's probably, it's going to be, it's not going to be an easy, like, I'm not going to say it's not an easier race, but it's not going to be a walkover. She's not a, she's not an odds on shot for a race that she just needs to turn up and, and canter around. It's, she's going to, she'll have it served up to her by plenty of the other mayors. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we spoke about this race previously, your pick was each way theatre glory. However, <laughs> My pick so, too. Well, um, the, the um, only yeah. the, the only the only thing I will say is that she is she is planning going to Warwick on Saturday, where she will be taking on Love, Love Envoy and a few other mares. Um, obviously, depending on what the ground is like and stuff like that. And if she runs very well there, she could very easily be supplemented for the okay. mayor's race. Um, okay. like it's, they're owned by syndicate, they're sporting people, they'd love to have a, not saying she's going to win the mayor's race or anything like that, but she'd be great each way shout. You um, both so, had, Dan and Jerry, both, you both had her as your each way. Yeah, so that race. And then the she was entered. Uh, is Hendo going to fund all supplements? <laughs> as a, you know, after, after he admitted the mistake of Epiton? That's not my department, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go no comment on that one. <laughs> so, so on Epiton, Dan, you wanted to touch base on her. Um, are you confident that this is where she's going to go full the uh, I sort of am now, yeah. Um, Nikki knows, I'm sure Nikki knows he can't beat Constitution Hill, even though I think she would have given Honeysuckle a bit of a scare in the race last season, just to say, because had she not lost a footing on landing at the last, she was closing. She proved herself at the trip. Uh, entry on a next start. I know she was left clear when Gordon's horse fell, but she was about to win easily anyway. I thought, I just think she should be nearer favourite than she is. I think she's a really underrated mare, even at this stage. I just think I was defensive of Honeysuckle after reappearance because we've seen previous of her not running a race in the Hatton's Grace or not running to her best, but I'm less um, charitable on that score after the weekend. I sort of got a, a feeling that might be her limit now. If that's the case, I really don't think there's a great deal between her and Epiton and what Epiton's mm-hmm. been doing more recently. And, yeah, I mean, I just think she's a better mare than Love Envoy, even though I really rate her. You've got the jumping issues potentially with with Brandy Love, who's been at Hen Knights, I believe, but was wayward and we've seen little of her. Marie's Rock has been great, but I think Epiton has done enough in her career to justify her not being six on Betfair Exchange. I think she should be much closer to threes or something like that. Daryl, do you think that Maurice Rock is Nikki's best chance in this race? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I, I, I've followed Epitant throughout our whole career, right? And I, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but it's one of the only horses that I seem to have gotten right every single time. She's a horse that likes to travel into a race nicely, um, pop a couple of hurdles and then sprint away. I don't think Cheltenham, I know she's a champion hurdle winner, but I don't think Cheltenham suits her as well as perhaps Aintree, even Aintree over two and a half. I was pretty confident she'd get two and a half of Aintree because they spin round and there's three hurdles in the home straight. She can sit there, pop, pop, and then she can use her turn of foot to quicken away. It is a speed track, of course. But when she goes to places like Punchestown, where she was well beaten by Marie's Rock or Cheltenham, I think her stamina lacks. Uh, I definitely think she's a, she's an out-and-out two-miler, but I think Marie's Rock has the holding of her 
on that Punchestown mm-hmm. run at the back end of the last season. And what Marise Rock did um, on New Year's Day, I thought was a remarkable performance, really. Mm-hmm. She quickened away. That was a, a, a career best performance from her. She's coming in here to defend her title on the back of a career best, recording an RPR of 158. That's what uh, Honeysuckle did in the Hatton's Grace. I think Marise Rock's the one to be with. I do really like Brandy Love, I've mentioned before, but coming in here off the back of a 330-odd-day layoff, mm-hmm. first time at a novice company, into open company, first time at Cheltenham, there's lots of things that she has to, that have to go right for her. And um, she's not whereas, straight forward at the best times. Yeah, exactly. And, and although she does want to go left-handed, et cetera, et cetera, she's been very likely race that she might have had some issues. I just think with Marie's Rock, you don't have all those worries. You know, mm-hmm. you know that this is the race that she's going for. She is going for this race, Jerry, isn't she? She's just not going to divert. What, what, what if I threw a spanner in the rock in the works and said she might be going three miles there? Is that is that because of honeysuckle? No, it's one of those. It's going to depend on what the ground does. Um, like we, Stop. Like, Jerry, look, look, look at it this way: Epitant won't be going three what miles. What's going this, on? This filly has the option of going three miles. Not saying but she what, is, but why? Because. <sighs> This yeah, is the, this. She's got everything in her favour for this race. Literally, Jack Darrell, Darrell. I don't know what's going on, but I agree with you. What happens? What happens if I said there could be more improvement over three miles? In, yeah, we'll in, find out later on. Find out. Yeah, is she going to win the Stairs Hurdle? Mm, I don't know. Is she going to win the Mares? Yeah, like realistically, she very, very well, well could do. If she goes to the Stairs Hurdle, this is probably the year to be trying it because. Tiupu, whatever's favourite, he needs soft ground. Um, it's it's all going to come down what the weather does. That's what it's going to come down to. So what, if it's quick, if it's if it's good, good to soft ground, which it's likely she, to be, you'd say so. She, she could go three miles. Yeah. Oh my word! Right. Okay. Yeah. Tear those anti-post slips Banner up. Has <laughs> well truly been if the ground is going to the slow side, and we have you know whatever, we'll see. But she she could go for the mares. She like she's probably going to go for the mares. But like you no, said, no, 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 Jerry. Come on, if I'm heading a column this week, mm-hmm. where does she go? <laughs> yeah, you're backtracking now. Where do I tip her for? <laughs> she has, she's no, I, I'm not even gonna Don't give us a percentage. I'm not even gonna give I'm not even gonna give a 60, 40, 50, 50. I'm just I'm just gonna nah. say she's got two options. Daryl, he has basically told us what's happening here. Yeah. In which case, Love Envoy 92 doesn't look a bad price because she's potentially being overlooked slightly. She's Come back with two very, very good runs this season. And Cheltenham, no problem. We've seen her win there, obviously, last year. And I think she would appreciate rain, but I don't think she necessarily has to have it. She will be going that direction, unless Jerry is going to throw another spanner in the works and you know something about this one. Well, she, maybe she, she, she might run the champion hurdle, you don't know. Oh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> Only messing, only messing. <laughs> well, she has actually got an entry. She's 50 to That's one. I mean, We're going to just does, ignore yeah. that. We're going to ignore <laughs> that. Okay, so th- this race is, again, slightly up in the air because Jerry's just ruined all of our plans. Other than that, I think we kind of had our, our, our sort of fairly solid discussion on what we think is going to be going. Um, oh, God, I knew at one of the races we'd end up having a nightmare, but we got to five races before having lots of different tools thrown in, into, the, into the bag. Hey-ho. Um, right. We get better get moving. We've got two races left. The sixth is the Boodles Juvenile Hurdle, which, uh, again, I should say handicap hurdle. Um, I'm sure everyone does well know that, but just to make sure that the, the official name is in there. Um, 
Okay, again, this is a really tricky race at this stage. It's hard to know what's going where. Comfort zone seven to one, one at Cheltenham recently. Jerry, what do you think? Will he be going? I know we've kind of spoken about this briefly before. Do you think we'll be seeing him in, in the Boodles or do you think we'll be seeing him in the Triumphs? Well, I suppose kind of what I have in front of me at the moment is like, obviously, JP is the first two in the betting for the Boodles. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, I think it'll be interesting. Like comfort zone, I think we touched on him before that we probably thought he was going to end up going down this route as opposed to running the Triumph. But he's got a mark of 132 now, which is a which is a decent mark. He's yeah. he's a very, very good horse. He's a good juvenile. I wouldn't be, put it this way, if he was owned by a different owner, I think he'd be definitely going down the Triumph hurdle route. But because the owner obviously has plenty of horses, he likes the idea of a horse running handicap and stuff like that. There's a high chance he will run the Boodles. Uh, but for me, I'm going to kind of, Go, I'm going to go for a horse called Nuzret of Joseph O'Brien's and Simon and Isaac, uh, Simon Muneer and Isaac Swade. Have you ever um, been to Nuzret? No, have you? Steakhouse, amazing. You no, know, Subway. <laughs> oh, is oh, it? Yeah. Nuzret. You're probably there on a weekly, every weekend. Weekly? Maybe, yeah. Rather shit in my hands and clap than go in that salt day <laughs> bloke. Well, well, no, but I'm just saying that's what, that's what Nuzret is. Oh, right. Thanks, Mike. I mean, that was a really lovely comment to throw into our very, you know, well-spoken, well, you know, we normally have very nice (laughs) one-liners. Dan comes out with Natsu Beauty. Um, Anyhow, back to Nusra. Yeah, Nusra, he was an 89 horse in the flat, uh, 128 over hurdles. He was well beaten the last day, fair enough, behind Blood Destiny. He was beaten 18 lengths, but it was on it was on proper soft, heavy ground. I think he's a horse now that wants probably better ground. He's golden horn, a bit like First Street. He's a he's a very good horse on nice ground. Um, and he's just got some, he's got nice form behind the legs of Blood Destiny and Lossy Mouth. Uh, I thought he was turned out probably quickly enough um, after running a, a good race at Christmas behind Lossy Mouth. He was turned out, you know, kind of, you know, not even three weeks later again. In January, I just think he's a horse there. He's not up to grade one company, but I think of 128, I'd imagine this is the race he goes for. I know the owners like running a couple of horses in this race and they like juvenile horses as well. So, yeah, I think Nuzret, for me, at kind of 12, 14 to 1 would be good each way bet. Yeah, he, he's uh, 12 to 1 at the moment um, on the sports book. He's uh, entered Darryl. in the bet. He was entered at the weekend over three miles. Yeah. I'm not sure he's one even third. qualified. Yeah, I don't even know if he's qualified for the race. No. It's all a bit peculiar. I don't know why he's ended over three. Yeah, I think it was probably just to find out his mark. But Right. Yeah, one time. Um, That's at Newbury. Daryl Takeo. Yeah, I like him. A bit boring because I'm at the top of the market, but um, I I do like him. I thought it was was a huge eye-catching run uh, at Leopardstown at the weekend. Um, It was interesting that Willie put the hood on him. Now, I've got a little thing. There's an angle, like a ridiculously good angle, that every time Willie Mullins puts a hood on a horse and then they take it off, they've, he's got a fantastic strike rate. I can't for the life of me remember what this, the percentage is now, but it's, it's, it's excellent. So I just thought it was interesting they, they put the hood on him um, in the spring juvenile there. And I thought the way he jumped down the back straight was, I mean, it was almost champion hurdle-esque. It was complete contrast to his run at Christmas. He was very slick, very quick. Jumping actually took him to the front and he... I, I I get the feeling that Mark Walsh probably didn't want to be where he was on the turn into the home straight. <laughs> uh, but thankfully, uh, Gala Martial kicked and he, he was just under hand and heels. And then as soon as Lossy Mouth had gone past him, that was when he sort of asked for a little bit more of an effort. I think he was far better than the 12 lengths beating. And I don't think he'd be out of place in the grade one juvenile. So I'm hoping that the hood comes off, come Cheltenham. Um, He's got a, he's gone up a few pounds. He's one twenty eight. Um, I'm hoping he gets around one three three 
I think he wouldn't be out of place in a grade one. So hopefully he's the one to be with. And Dan, have you got anything in this race that you particularly like? Well, it's, it's bad enough to know what to fancy in the triumph at this stage. But one also does interest me and connections are part of it. But McTighe, McTeague for Emmett Mullins, who yeah. started mm. two from two and he beat that really good French juvenile who ended up winning their grade one. Um, the pair of them were 10 lengths clear. It didn't look a fluke. He was a 105 rated horse on the flat and stayed middle distances. I mean, we've seen that with the likes of Band of Outlaws. That's never a bad angle, is it? Those good flat horses. What a charm was another who came good on quickish ground in a Fred Winter. And I'd half put a line through the night, Frank. I don't think that would have been their intention at that point. And he might, he's now had the four runs that he needed to qualify for a Fred Winter. Cause I think you have to have an extra run nowadays, don't you, to guarantee one of these big handicap. Uh, not in the, the juveniles, you don't. Is it the same? Okay, so yeah. he's, he's had three or four. He's had four now. And that's potentially standout form, beating a horse who went on to win a grade one. I just thought it was interesting and could be better away from the mud because all his slap form was on. Good, good to soft. Rated yeah. 105 for, with time form for Jim Bolger. Do you think 136 a bit high for him? Do you think that's, if he's winning off 136, yeah. he should be in the trial? I, I, I totally we, agree. I don't think they'd be bothered about a triumph necessarily. I think they'd rather have a crack at handicaps with the like, given the connections. And I, on time farm ratings, you could rate him anything on that Sandinats phone. We've got Sandinats, the good French juvenile, 154. He gave oh, yeah. £4 to McTighe when McTighe beat him. So he effectively ran to high 140s, roughly there, if you take it at face value. And it's not like the third and fourth look like Yak. So I do think he's a very interesting. Dan. Are you telling us he's well handicapped? I think he is, yeah. I think he Top is. weights do well in the race as well. So mm. I mean, a 105 horse, you don't on the flat, you'd hope he with time for him, you'd hope he'd be 140, 150 without a doubt. Mm. But I, I do agree with, with connections. I do think that's a very interesting angle with the owner, with the trainer. We know what they can do, we know how good they are plotting. And I agree, but I just thought that his last couple of runs, I think they were hoping maybe to get a few pounds off him, but I don't think the hand, handicapper is relent. Many, I I can't remember off the top of my head whether he got a few pounds back off him or not. But mm. I agree, I think he's a very interesting horse. But one thirty six, I I'd say they probably would have preferred one thirty two or something like that, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. I'll just give yeah, one. A big, can I give one? I mentioned a big. Well, he's not a big price because he's not even in, on the price list actually. But that's a uh, Zanderbad uh, for Henry de Bromwell finished behind to Cal. Um, around Christmas time, this horse has got loads of improvement to come. He keeps his jumping's not really sort of worked itself out yet, and he keeps making mistakes every time he, he's building up a challenge. And uh, he's definitely one to keep an eye on. I, I mean, I don't, he's gonna have to run again. Yeah, I was gonna say he's gonna have to run again, isn't he? He's gonna have to run again. Not, yeah. I mean, to get an Irish mark, he's gonna have to run again. I think so. Um, but he, he, he's definitely talented, and I, and I can with his RPRs, I can see him getting one in sort of the low one twenties, and he could be a good deal better than that. There you go. One to throw in. Keep an eye on to, to see. We'll obviously have a better idea um, in, a, in a couple of weeks' time. And obviously one or two horses that could end up having an extra run and then getting their mark will know a bit more also. Um, right, our final race, the seventh of seven on the Tuesday, is the Ukraine Appeal National Hunt Steeplechase Challenge Cup, the amateur riders' novice chase. Um, it's a great two. Uh, we won't spend hours on this one because we have nearly spent an hour um, talking over this already, um, spoiled with all these races. But we'll have a chat. I know, Dan, you wanted to touch base on City Chief, who is mm. 10 to 1. 
Yeah, because it's obviously a dynamic with Gaillard de Benil. Where will he go? Same ownership. He just see his chief has struck me the last twice as a really strong stayer. Um, particularly really at Hereford, where one of skeletons went off hard. It became a bit of a war and he just powered away. Um, mm. He'd be one for nominal no bet because I guess the RSA would be his, the Broadway, whatever we call it, would be his, his, his main aim. But with Jerry on the pod, I thought it might be worth, worth noting. Yeah, come on, Jerry. What's the aim? Um, well, this too, I, I, I totally agree, Dan. He's one of those, he's a bit of a slow burner. He just, he's really on an upward curve at the moment. You know, he's that sort of a horse. And like, hopefully he ends up being, a, being kind of a national horse next year or the mm-hmm. year after. That's kind of where we see him now. Um, he's like, he's not like you see him at home now. He's not kind of your typical Nicky Henderson horse. He doesn't zoom past you and look yeah. like a two-miler, but he just keeps improving. And fair enough, it was made a bit easier the last day when Skelton's horse pulled up disappointed but we still fancied him to go and give him a race and it would have been very interesting and the only concern I would have is that whether he goes to Cheltenham or not like I said he's on an upward curve he's he's still very mature mentally he's a big baby and if you see that too with his jumping especially Hereford he spent a bit of time in the air early he jumped a bit left he jumped a bit right He's he's still learning the game and it wouldn't be the biggest surprise if he bypassed Chatham totally and didn't go for the RSA and didn't go for the four miler. Um, he might end up maybe going to Aintree or even back to air. Um, I was thinking I, I think he could I think he could go close in the Scottish National. He looks like he's got boundless. I'm sure Nicky would probably go for an obvious handicap. But yeah. Yeah. So I think I think it's probably going to be later on in the season. That we see even a more improvement. Like I said, he might go to Chatham this year, but I get I'm kind of getting the impression that it wouldn't be surprised if he bypasses, especially if the owner does send Gallard Dumania there as mm. well. Who um, yeah, who is favourite at the moment, seven to four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Darrell, you wanted to touch base on, on the favourite actually, didn't you? Yeah, and City Chief. I just I liked him as well, as well as Dan. I just thought, like, like Jerry's just said, basically, he's just a bit of a big baby at the minute. He just needs a bit of time, but he's definitely got ability in there, that's for sure. Uh Gallard de Mesner, yeah, he's um he stuck on well again behind Mighty Pie, didn't he? We all knew that two mile five at, uh, at the Dublin Race Festival was going to be a, a trip miles too short for him in that elaborate novice chase. But he's he's a strange one. I, I wanted to touch on him really because I wanted to get the guy's opinion and yours opinion because he's one of those horses that I think is going to be bigger on the day because everyone's going to want to try and take him on. Mm. But on the bare form of things, like particularly at Cheltenham last year behind Lompresse, like surely he, he, he looks almost like... He looks, he looks too good to be true, really, at seven to four. Um, I, I just wanted to see what you guys thought about him because I'm in two minds with him at the moment. Yeah, he does. He's certainly not like Run Wild Fred, is he? Who had a sim, not a similar profile, but you know what I mean, a bit more racing. He was doing it in handicaps. I mean, this horse has got genuine graded form. Yeah, top level form at that. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I agree. Like, and like, I think. If it wasn't for Patrick Mullins pushing this horse from the start of the season, saying this was his ride in the three mile six race, I think he'd be, you know, we'd, we'd be talking about him for the RSA. You know, like yeah. I said, two mile five, the red, fair enough, it was a bit sharp from, but you'd have thought, oh, three mile at Cheltenham, stiffer track, uphill finish, it'd be right up the street. But I think the fact that that um, Patrick Mullins has really kind of put it out there from a very early stage of the season that he wants to ride this in the race. So people have kind of latched onto him for the race. Um, Will it be a year too soon? I don't think it will. I think it stayed a trip. I think that'll be no. I suppose that having run in the Irish Grand National at Ferry House over the yeah. three five finishing third, that's that's the angle that you're looking at. Yeah, and a second season novice. He ticks an awful lot of the boxes. And like you said, seven to four. I don't think he'd be much bigger than that in the day, will he? You know, will there be just an mm. like especially I suppose it depends what happens earlier on in the day too with the Willie Mullins horses, but they could all just roll on to, to this horse in the last. 
Right. I think we better bring it to a close because we are starting to run out of time. We've been going on for about an hour now. So I just want to quickly have um, a real small chat on our picks. So obviously we've got the four main races, Champion Hood, Larkle, the Mayors and the Supreme. Um, I am going to have to twist a couple of those. But um, <laughs> ultimately, of the ones that we've already picked, we're, we're going to have one bet each. And you can either stick or twist. Well, obviously, if you're sticking, you're sticking. You can either twist one or you can have a, a handicap um, new bet altogether. So that's totally up to you guys. Um, Daryl, we'll start with you. Quickly, as a reminder, Champion Hurdle, Bob Ollinger, each way. Arkel, El Fabiolo, Mares, Brandy Love, and the Supreme, Fasal Vega. Do you want to twist one of them or are you going to go for a new bet? Yeah, no, I'm going to twist uh, in the Supreme, Fasal Vega, to Ilite Tomps. Um, slightly surprising, but I just... I thought there was. I, I was surprised by Ilite Tomps at Christmas, the, how quickly he got onto the tail of Fasal Vega. And I don't think the four length reverse or the reversal of the form is as outlandish as it may seem. By 20 lengths, of course, that's outlandish. But I still don't know if Fasal Vega would have actually beat the Ilite Tomps on that performance of the weekend. So I'm going to twist, stick it on Ilite Tomps. Okay, Jerry, you've got Honeysuckle without Constitutional in the Champion Hurdle. Not ideal. John Bond to win by more than eight lengths in the Arkle, <laughs> Theatre Glory each way in the Mares, and Marine National in the Supreme. Are we sticking? Are you twisting or a new bet? Well, I say with Theatre Glory, I'm going to have to pay the supplementary myself to get the <laughs> <laughs> together. <laughs> um, so well, I, can, I, can, I can twist, I can get rid of one of them. You can twist one or keep all of them and make a new bet. Oh, God. Um... I will obviously with the champion hurdle. I'm not going to get a run for money with the honeysuckle, so I'll just take honeysuckle. I'll take that one out. Can I take that one out? Yeah, and replace and it with Constitution by eight lengths. Okay, <laughs> I'm loving the fact that you're doing I love this. Love that. Okay, and Dan, um, you were on one of our pods when we talked about the mayors and the supreme. You chose theatre glory each way and authorized speed each way. So are you twisting? I've got no you've option. Got a choice of a lot of races. Yeah, I've got no option but to go again. I'll go with Happy Go Lucky for the ultimate, please. Twenty to one. Okay, and then you hope if any either of those end up running, then you've got your each way your each way value there. So yeah, I'll can... send I'll send Jerry my bank details and we'll pay that <laughs> supplementary between us. Heartbeat. <laughs> okay, mine were Napa's Hill. He's been scratched up. Champion hurdle. El Fabio Arkle stick. Marie's Rock and Brandy Love. I did tenner each on them. In the mayor's stick and Faso Vega, well, might as well. So, champion hurdle. Um, yeah, do you know what, Jerry? I'm with you. Constitution Hill, I'm going to say more than 10. That's that is my that is my Daryl. A minute ago, you were with us. You were saying, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Just, look, it, was, it was eight lengths, eight lengths. No. Yeah, but I'm saying 10. Okay, okay, fair enough. Bigger enough. price. My bad, my bad. I'll say 12. Might as well. <laughs> um, right, so there's a few, few new sort of, um, hopefully winners amongst our day one and um, thanks everyone hopefully we've got lots to to pencil down and a couple of horses that um at bigger prices that are, are worth noting as well uh obviously a reminder racing any better on thursdays weighed in on mondays and everyone please remember to gamble responsibly and next week we're back again we've got a special guest once more and we're going to be discussing the wednesday day two of cheltenham in full again <laughs>